Hey, Peppin. Yo, yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about um, books. Like, what about books? Like, you know, sometimes they have pages and sometimes they don't. Well, most books have pages and it's kind of what makes a book a book. Hmm. I guess that's true. But sometimes there's e-pages. E-pages? Yeah. Like, I I, want to tell you about a book that I read recently. A really good one. Really? Really? What book is that? It's called Letters to My Ex. Oh, okay. That sounds good. I think we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going, Nate? Yo, yo, doing well. It's an exciting Sunday, and I'm here to talk. I'm really excited. I'm so glad you're here in your own house with us here today. We also have with us a very special guest, author of Letters to My Ex, Anita Oswald. How's it going, Anita? Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you so much. So... Uh, I want to talk today about Letters to My Ex. Now, this is this is your the first book that you've published. Is that correct, Anita? That is correct. Yes. How, how many are you at at this point? Two. Two. Okay. Mm-hmm. When did uh, When did Letters to My Ex come out? Letters to My Ex came out in March mm-hmm. of this year, mm-hmm. and then last week I published my newest book, Falling from Grace. Outstanding. That is awesome to hear. So, what's Thank uh, you. what is fall What is Falling from Grace about? Falling from Grace is a fictional modern-day romance love triangle with some lies, some intrigue, some, you know, adultish type stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. And and how does that compare to Letters to My Ex? Well, Letters to My Ex is nonfiction, and it is a collection of letters that I wrote personally about my own life mm-hmm. and uh, my own experiences over the last year after a breakup with my ex. Well, fair enough. That it all makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. Are these real letters you wrote? Yes, real live letters that I wrote to my ex and published for the world to read. That sounds <laughs> scary. <laughs> for me or for him? Yes. <laughs> it is very scary. It was the most terrifying thing, I think, because you're putting your emotions on paper and then you're putting that paper out for anybody to read. Pretty much, you know, virtual strangers, people you know, your family, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your kid. (laughs) And and how, what has the feedback been thus far, as far as um, both from from people that maybe you didn't know to people that are your family? How's that been? Um, It's been good feedback. Everybody just has their own kind of reaction to it as a wow factor. Like, wow, I, I didn't realize that was going on or wow, he was a douchebag, or wow, you have some issues, Mm -hmm. or wow, you really are a total bitch, (laughs) you know? It's definitely very, you have to be very vulnerable to put that out there, Mm because this can be perceived in so many different ways. Like you said, some people are like, man, you're like a total bitch. And other people are like, oh my God, I didn't know. Like, yeah. like that's so interesting how there's so many different reactions. It is. It, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing that, you know, people aren't as observant as people like to think they are, mm. myself included. That's very true. I, I know, I've known people who've been in relationships and then they think, you think you're, they're, it's going well and everything. And then you find out they break up and you're like, what happened? And then you find out what happens. Like, what? Mm-hmm. That was going on? I didn't know this? Yeah, and a lot of people were very surprised at the whole breakup because they thought that I was happy. They thought he was happy. I thought we were happy. And then, you know, boom, it's over in a matter of an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, so there's there's a lot of things I want to I wanna get to and I mm-hmm. want to talk about. Um, there are going to be some spoilers, um, mm-hmm. a, a few. Um, but I think overall, it's an impossible book to spoil in right. any way because it's like you know the outcome is they broke up right so it's not like i'm gonna be like oh and now they're married like no they, they broke up <laughs> we broke up we're it's, definitely not yeah. married <laughs> the, uh, the emotional journey from beginning of when you guys broke up to you know when 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 was the last letter 
The last letter, I believe, was on my birthday last year. And then the book was published on the one-year anniversary of our breakup, mm-hmm. which was March 17th. And when did you start writing the letters? I start write, I started writing the letter shortly after we broke up. Mm-hmm. The actual date of the first letter, I'm not... I don't know. You have the book open. What do you... <laughs> October 9th, 2017th was the yes. last letter that you wrote oh okay that was a part of this book okay so that was after my birthday then um but the first letter was march 30th which was 12 days after we broke up so it was good to like say let's see march to just October. over just over half a year yeah yeah, yeah. so that's a pretty good amount of time to get everything out mm-hmm. of your system i would assume yeah, it was. It was very cathartic. It was a um, a quick way to help heal myself. Mm. I mean, when the book was, you know, done being written and published, I wouldn't say that I was a thousand percent um, over it, but I was nine hundred ninety nine point nine percent over mm. it. Now, Steve's read the book. I haven't. Mm-hmm. So I think the first question I have to ask to gain some context into this relationship was, how, how long was the relationship for? The relationship was just over two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. h- how did you guys meet? Was it like a soapbox or a bar? Or- soapbox? <laughs> soapbox. <laughs> meeting, around the soapbox? Good old, <laughs> meeting around the good old soapbox. Yes, God. I was up on my soapbox <laughs> preaching about exes and reading the last book. The, the, uh, he was selling soapboxes. And- the NASCAR event. I, I don't know. <laughs> It wasn't anything as cool as that, though. It was online. Yeah. Yeah, we met yeah. online on Match.com. Funny enough, it was probably the third day that I was on the website officially. Mm-hmm. And he was the seventh message I had received and decided to respond to it. And then I had this stupid, crazy rule back then that you had to talk for two weeks before we could have the first date. Nathan is for very familiar with online dating. Really? Uh, well, very familiar. I'm going to use quotes there. I'm sure he can explain his his rules as well, because I'm sure everybody yeah. has their own set of unique Absolutely. rules. See, that's an interesting rule, because I have a similar rule, but it's if a date doesn't happen after one week, or if there's not plans, like just, just drop the, uh, the thread. Mm-hmm. But that's on Tinder, and Tinder might be a bit different than uh, Match. Tinder's a little scandalous. <laughs> Tinder is not where you go to say. find the love of your life. Yeah, Tinder's where you go to find your next hookup. <laughs> to find your yeah. love of the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Match, I, I want to think, was a little bit more serious because I mm. actually had to pay $130 to meet this dude. And um, so after two weeks, we, you know, we talked um two weeks went by we went on our first date the night before the super bowl mm-hmm. and um yeah it was kind of history from there Absolutely. and i i told oh, sorry no no go i talk about that a little bit in the book um about how maybe i jumped the gun or was a little too eager to get out of the single pool so so you you're on match.com mm-hmm. you're you're only there for a short period of time you meet somebody and then is that when you guys actually met after the two weeks of talking, is that when you stopped looking for other people on match? Yes. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I know. And, you know, people are like, no, what are you doing? Mm. You're so stupid. You don't stop looking after the first date. You keep looking. You go on more dates with more people until you find somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't how online dating works Mm -hmm. i have a two-week rule that's all i know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so that was that i'm honestly not gonna blame you for that either because it's like uh i can't say i'm not similar i mean more that the dates i've gone on from like online dating like i only date one girl at a time i might be talking talking to i might be talking to many but uh it's like I can't be going on a date with this one girl and then like going on a date with another girl like next day. Like that's just weird to me. Yeah, you don't want to get Felicia mixed up with Rochelle. I mean, that would be terrible. Very embarrassing. <laughs> Very. <laughs> um. So so you you guys were you were talking, then you go on actual dates, then you actually start officially dating. How long were you guys together before the inception of the book? Before the first letters written. 
Um, well, I didn't write the first letter until after we were broken up. Right. Exactly. So, so oh, how long? How long was the relationship before? Uh, how long was you guys' relationship? Just over two years. Just over two years. Yeah. Okay. And then, tell us about how it how the book started. How it all. Uh, and I mean the contents within. How did the breakup happen? Um, we'll we'll touch on the beginning. We'll touch on a couple things in the middle, and we'll touch on the end. Um, and, and talk about it because I think uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you start with that. With that, how did okay. the how did the breakup happen? So leading like events leading up to the breakup. Uh, we had actually just come back from a very sweet romantic trip for the two of us to Bermuda, which was really nice. It was an amazing time. Um, he was working like crazy, didn't have any time for anything. Meetings were insane. Uh, he, he owns his own business and he runs it out of his home. So, um, he was, you know, working night and day. And that hadn't actually changed from anything before we went to Bermuda. It was always just the same, but it just seemed to be increasing in frequency. His kids um, needed him much, much more than they had previously when we first started dating because things with their mother was getting a little bit more tense. Um, And then he couldn't commit to anything, plans or anything like that. we you know i had asked him hey you know when are we going to spend some time together when are you going to make some time for us to do stuff together when are you going to make time for you know the five of us to sit down and do something and it was always yeah 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 okay i know i have to i know i have to and um saint patrick's day was coming up i had asked him you know can we make plans for this weekend well, I can't make plans for three days from now because I don't know what my schedule is going to be like three days from now. Mm. Oh, okay. But I am having dinner with so-and-so who happened to be a very good family friend, his almost ex-sister-in-law, if that makes sense to anybody. Okay. <laughs> Sister-in-law. Um, yeah, and her kids were coming over for dinner on Friday night. And I said, oh, well, that's great. You can make plans with, you know, her and her kids to come Mm. over here, but you can't make plans with your girlfriend, her kid and your kids. (laughs) Yeah, I I was actually honestly just going to say the same thing. Like, Mm. So three days was too much, but two days was okay. Yeah, exactly my point. So I was a little upset about that. Come St. Patrick's Day, you know, I told him um, I'm going out for work. After, you know, I get out of work at 2.30, I'm going out after work to have a couple of St. Patrick's Day drinks with some girls from work. And then I will be free to do whatever you want at St. Patrick's Day. Let's celebrate. I'm Irish. Your daughter has red hair. She's not Irish, but it's all good. <laughs> Everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he was like, yeah, well, why don't you come over and we can all have dinner together? Begrudgingly, I said, sure. Why not? Call me, let me know what the plans are. Text me, let me know what the plans are. All day Friday, not one peep, not one text, not a phone call, nothing. So I go out, have some drinks, get a little bold, you know, how things get after you've had a few drinks and you're, you know, stewing on something all day. Now, just just real quick. So is not hearing anything from him standard? No. No. So it was weird that you hadn't heard anything. Right. Usually okay. I would get maybe a, hey, how are you doing text or a, hey, don't forget text or a, you know, this is what, um, you know, the plan is for tonight. This is what we're having for dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not normal. You okay. know, or, or he might call me, whatever. So I'm driving home and I say, you know, he's supposed to be having dinner at the house with her and her kids. What a, you know, I haven't heard from him all day. I'm going to show up at his house. And if she's there, I'm going to be pissed, beyond pissed, because I haven't heard from him all damn day. So I drive straight to his house, fearing the worst the entire time, thinking I'm going to walk in and see this like happy family situation going on. And just to give you a little background, I was so, when we first started dating, so jealous of this girl because I had no clue who she was. She's tall, gorgeous, and they're super close, talk every single day, 
you know, have that huggy, huggy relationship kind of thing. They know each other's secrets kind of stuff. So two years later, I'm still a little like, maybe not. I don't know. But let's find out. So I show up at his house. She wasn't there. Good for her. Lucky for her. <laughs> Lucky for him. And I walk right into the house. And where is he? Not at his computer working, but sitting on the couch, drinking a beer, watching a movie. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, so- hon, how are you? What? What are you doing? That was the start of the whole. Hmm. Hmm. And so, from there, so it just no went contact, downhill. but he wasn't at, he wasn't actively doing anything. Had he been working that day? No, apparently on Fridays he was taking a half day mm-hmm. to spend the day with his kids, which you know, I never knew. Mm-hmm. Was he? Did he know he was actually doing that, or was that the another like? I, I can imagine someone who would say they're taking a half day to spend time with their kids, but maybe they weren't. Maybe they're just taking a half day. Um. Honest, that's a good question. Honestly, I think sometimes it was he was taking a half day to spend some time with the kids. Other days it was, I'm going to take a half day, but I'm still going to work through the half day. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his kids had this real symbiotic relationship with their computers, and they would sit at them all day long, mm-hmm. playing video games over in this corner, video games in that corner, work in this corner. It was a mess. Like, I would walk into the house sometimes, and it would be pitch black, and all three of them would be huddled up behind their computers. Mm. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So uh, so this this perpetuated the, the fight that made you walk out, mm-hmm. and that was the last time you walked out. Right. And there, what, what was the, the communication post-walkout? Um, a letter. <laughs> And and was this now to be clear, the letters in the book, aside from one, are all ones that were never sent. Right. So That's until correct. they were published publicly for everyone in the world to read, he had never read any of these and to this day he very well may still have never read any. That is correct. Yep. Interesting. Okay. So these are all more they're they're close to diary entries, but they're aimed at your ex as if your ex is the diary. Correct, yeah. And that to me, like, is is so fascinating that over the course of seven months after a two year relationship, you have a series of letters enough to fill a book and tell a narrative about your emotional state, your mental state, your what has changed in your life over that period of time. It's so much a journey that uh, it, it really is an outstanding thing to read. It's it's compelling. I was reading it. And as I'm going through I, I I was doing my laundry. I didn't want to have to go flip my laundry because I didn't want. I'm like, <laughs> is she is is like, what's going to happen in the next one? Is her attitude going to be different? Is she going to be the same? Um, and I just I thought it was extremely compelling. And and like we were saying, definitely a daring to to put something like that out there, raw emotion like that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And then to actually get feedback on it must be. Um, I don't even know how how do you feel about people giving feedback on. What is your raw emotion of what what you went through? When people are like, "Oh, you shouldn't have felt um, that way." Like, it's a little scary because you never know what somebody's going to come out with, and uh, I mean, you don't know if you should brace yourself for, you know, a tongue lashing of why I never should have, you know, wrote the book or a like a hug from some random stranger who's just, you know, totally sympathizing with what you're going through or tears from somebody that, you know, you don't know or you do know who's been in a very similar situation. Hmm. So it's always tough for me to to gauge until they they come out with the first few words of what they're going to say. And then I know whether they, you know, love it or hate it. Um, more people have said that they love it and that it was amazing and completely you know, beautiful. I did have one woman, and this is funny, at a book reading that I did for this, who had no clue that the book was actually a series of letters that I wrote to my ex. So what did she think? What did she think? It was just like a 
fiction book or yeah she thought it was a completely fictional book and mm. like a a love story of some sort She's and i'm like, like this oh. isn't very realistic <laughs> yeah. and you're like are you kidding me this, this is as real as it gets i know she sat she was so great she sat through the entire reading even one of the letters where i was talking about you know the couch mm-hmm. thing and on the third date and um it's sex, Nathan. Yeah, it's sex. Yeah, it's sex. And um, I read that scene out loud, like that letter out loud, and she sat there like a trooper next to my dad the wow. whole time. And and afterwards, she was like, you know, I had no clue what this book was about until I actually read it. It's like, oh, honey, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> so you read this out loud with your parents there? Yeah, my parents came to a book reading to, you know, for moral support. Mm -hmm. And it was really great. And it was a super fun time. And I had a really, really hard time figuring out which letters I'm going to read out loud in front of friends, family, strangers. So what did you do to to mitigate that? Did you read everything? No, I, um, I didn't read everything, but I kind of found a happy medium of kids safe because my daughter was there as well and you know letters that were completely out of the world embarrassing to have read in front of my dad but I felt like I wasn't being true to my audience if I was just keeping it safe and not reading something that was incredibly personal and Mm -hmm. reading something that was you know really fresh and dirty and reading something that was kind of funny or angry absolutely now I you can get this book in in on the Kindle or in paperback. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself have the paperback version, and uh, hey, so do I. <laughs> absolutely, and I know I know a lot of people they they love reading on their Kindle. Mm-hmm. I I want to go on record before we continue as saying I fully endorse this book. I want I want you guys to go out and read it for yourselves, and I'm hoping that our conversation here because I'm about to take it a little bit of a different angle now. Um, <laughs> now that we've kind of laid the groundwork. Our conversation will help you guys want to read it too, and re- and maybe see how you guys feel about. It. Do you feel the same way that I feel? Do you feel the same way Anita feels, or are you just like Pepin and you just gotta read it? <laughs> I am in that position. <laughs> so by the end of this, we'll gauge whether Pepin is is ready to read the book or still a little hesitant, and uh, we'll we'll try and get him there, and hopefully by extension uh, the rest of the audience as well. For the record, I don't read very much, so. <laughs> Audiobooks, that's where it's at. Oh, uh, well, I guess I'll have to work on Audible then. <laughs> that's fair. We can uh, we, we can help you out with that. We got the, awesome. we got the setup. Um, so something that I found while reading the book was begrudgingly, I found myself feel, uh, taking, feeling like I was the ex in a way. I connected with the Uh-oh. ex quite a bit. So I think that is twofold. I think one, it shows what a good job you did in explaining like who he was and who he was to you and, um, you know, not just the bad things. This isn't a slam book about this is why my ex is awful by itself. It, it, it also explains a lot of the good things and like why you love him and why, why he means so much to you. And I found myself connecting with him a lot with working all the time and, um, not being particularly good at showing affection in uh, a lot of the classical ways um, and, and communication, things like that, being on the computer all the time. Like I, I just saw a lot of the things that myself, uh, it, a lot of his attributes in myself. And I thought that was extremely interesting. And I think it's part of the reason I think that you were overly critical of him uh, in the book. <laughs> now, with that said, I've never met him. Uh, there's things I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Um but I think that a lot of what you were saying was, uh, I don't know from just what I know how fair it necessarily was and how much of it was driven by emotion and how much of it was actually the facts. It feels like a lot of the time you're, you're putting all of the blame on the failure relationship on him and none of it on yourself or the other party within a relationship. Right. Well, the beauty of this book is that through writing it, I did realize a lot of the mistakes that I also 
made in the relationship, not just his mistakes, which clearly are pointed out a lot, but also my own mistakes. And I admit to some of them in the book. There are probably more mistakes that I didn't admit to in the book. And um, it was a growth experience for me and writing the book in what I should not do going forward in relationships, what I should do going forward, and what I actually want and what I should be looking for. And maybe if I was a little, you know, critical of his um, work habits, eh, you know, I mean, everybody wants to spend time with their, their significant other without having to watch them you know, answering emails while you're having brunch in Bermuda. I mean, come on. You can't go to Bermuda with your girlfriend on a romantic holiday and then be on a conference call every day at noontime. Mm-hmm. It's just not cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for myself, I, I haven't read it, obviously, mm-hmm. but I can definitely understand how I've been mad at certain times in my life. And... The only way to work through that anger or the, the, the emotion is to kind of write about it. And then mm-hmm. you come to definitely more clarity through writing. And I can definitely understand how writing about this gave you more clarity about the situation and how you're feeling and also different aspects within the relationship. Because you can't really understand it until you unweave it. It's just this giant ball of yarn, which is just tangled up and knotted. And you can't know what it actually, you can't unstring it until, you can't actually look at it until you unstring it. Right. And and I understand that, you know, he is a business owner. It is, you know, his baby. It's something that he was trying to grow, get off its feet. And, you know, there was going to be a lot of, you know, working that had to be done, computer time that had to be done. But when we first started our relationship, he made me promise that I would continually remind him to take time away from work for our relationship, for his relationship with his kids, because that suffered as well, and for time for the five of us to spend together bonding. And that never happened regardless of how many reminders I gave and eventually stopped giving because they just went unheeded. Um, So I think if he was a little bit more giving in making time, then I could have been a little less judgy in how much time he spent working. So if I understand correctly, there was something established at the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. There was something established at the beginning of the relationship where it was, he was aware of this fact about himself. And he said, you know, I know this about myself. Try to stop me from doing this. You know, right. you know, kind of constrain myself and that wasn't upheld when you did it no absolutely not and, and as a matter of fact the the last time that we spoke the day that the night that we you know broke up essentially that I walked out um, that was one of the things I said to him was you know you continually asked me to remind you to take time and you never did and his response was I don't know how mm. like you need to help me right this, this is how I feel because I can kind of sympathize with Steve. Like, I know Steve pretty well. We've known each other for a long time, and Steve's a very diligent worker. He's, he's, he's very diligent. He's very focused when he works. He looks very focused right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and I can be the same way as well, but if, for me, if I make a contract with somebody, if I say this, you know, I want to be kept to that, and I think if you break that, you're liable for that. But on the other hand, if you don't make that contract and you go into it, you know, without that kind of expectation, then I don't think it's fair to hold that person. But in, in the case, this case, it, he was trying to be held to the expectation, in which case I think you have a point. I'll, I'll just throw like another point out there with the, like lawyers. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. get married to lawyers and lawyers, they never make any promise that whoever they get with will have any time with them. And right. It's like, you know, the time you get with me, you're lucky to have that time. <laughs> and in, in that case, you know, if the person get mad because they're not spending enough time with them. Well, it's like, this is what you got. This is why, why you went after me. You know, mm-hmm. you knew about this. But in this case, he said something to the effect of, you know, I will make time for you if you remind me, you know, keep me on focus. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. So I, I think you have legit right to be angry, annoyed, wherever the emotions would be with that. Right. And as a woman, you don't really want to have to be reminding your significant other to spend time with you. Otherwise... You have to kind of question, are we worth it? Mm. 
No, I mean, I, I definitely get you did not feel like a priority. Uh, is that is that fair to say? Absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if you're you have a, a significant other in your life, if you have a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, a wife, or if you've been together for two years, like that's an extremely long amount of time to be with somebody in that manner to not make them a priority at all is I mean, that's just uh, it's not fair for sure, especially if you're vocally like making that a point mm-hmm. um, that it's known. Um, so I, I definitely get that. One of the so so this of course like like I like I keep saying the book itself is a journey so it, it feels like it starts out where your general frame of mind is that you walked out and he didn't chase you and it's his fault that it's over because he didn't chase you and that to me didn't necessarily feel fair that you took the action that broke you up and him not correcting that action he's at fault. Um. I guess if you look at it in the literal, mm-hmm. yes. But I disagree in the fact that if you're looking at it in the sense of everything I said to him and then walked out of his house and he never called, he didn't follow me out, he didn't send a text, he didn't do anything for two whole weeks. Mm. Two weeks. Mm. Literally just... Nothing but crickets. Mm-hmm. See, I I am going to. I'm not going to take the neutral on this one. This one, I'm going to take a stance on. Whoa, this is a. We need to talk first. Uh-oh. Nathan is taking a side. Dun dun dun. Because I get reminded of. Uh, so I had a girlfriend a while back. Her her name was. Uh, let's make up a name. Um, her name Keisha. was Keisha. Her name was Keisha. Uh, she no. Wow, we're really joke. doing a fake name. <laughs> Yeah, her name is Keisha. <laughs> wow, that's a first too for the show. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it, we had a good relationship. We liked each other a lot. And uh, she moved away, like, not too far away, but she's like maybe 30 minutes away, different job and everything. So it, it, things, we shouldn't have gotten that far apart, but it was just such that she was working down like toward like 30 minutes away from that so she was like an hour away and it's just hard to like figure out time schedules and stuff mm-hmm. and she stopped being she was being less and less responsive to my messages and everything and there's less and less time to hang out and the times we did hang out she's more and more distant which is a sign the relationship would end but eventually she you know said i think we should end this relationship because we're not talking really and I know it's my fault. I'm not been keeping up with this. Like I'm busy with work and I'm stressed. And I just want to like relax when I can get the time. So I'm gonna end this. So this this is my stance here. I think that if you are of that type where you make that commitment and then you're not able to fill, fulfill that, it's not on the other person to end the relationship. It's on your end to say, I said I was gonna do this. I have failed. So I'm not gonna be able to hold the standard anymore. I wanted to, but I can't. So I'm just gonna you know nix it right here. Yeah. I mean, so if you he think he should have broken up with her, I, not the other way around. I think that he, sh- if I think that if he was not holding himself to that standard and that he was not been, intending to do so in the future, and not intending to do so in the future, not to make a change, then it should have been Anita the one to break up with him. It, it should have been him breaking up with you, saying I can't actually fulfill this. I can't actually commit to what I want to. But does anybody ever want to be the one broken up with? I mean, everybody always wants to be the one doing the breaking up. Not that I wanted to be the one doing the breaking up because I didn't. Mm-hmm. And we I never at one point, any point said, let's break up. We're done. Mm-hmm. My last words to him after I, you know, we had this whole conversation. My last words were, get your shit together or we might not make it through. Mm-hmm. And I left and heard nothing so two weeks later i did what i do best and wrote a letter and that's when i heard from him this was an aspect i wasn't aware of so that's what you said to him and he didn't even follow to confirm anything no nothing he thought he seriously like this blows my mind because two weeks later i get a phone call from him and his comment to me was Hey, thanks for sending me the letter. It, you know, I really appreciate you telling me how you feel. Um, I have to say, I honestly thought you were going to text me later that night and we'd be, you know, all set. Hmm. Yeah. 
just trying to sweep it under the rug. So had there been yeah. other conversations similar to this where you had walked out and then oh you God. had texted him later and all that? Had it followed um, a similar formula in the past? No, because I am not a, um, I don't condone walking out um, of a room, period. I feel like you should always end a conversation appropriately, whether it's, you know, you're both left up in the air with what's going to happen what are we going to do? At least you're ending the conversation. You're not just turning around and walking out the door. I don't feel like that's a mature thing to do. I think that's, you know, letting your emotions get the best of you. And I did that. I walked out, but I was at a point where there was really nothing left to say except get your shit together. Figure it out. Are you going to, you know, make time for us or not? Um, and I think I almost just forgot where I was going with that. But that's okay. Time for us or not. Yeah, time for us or not. So And that was that. So you were imagining that he would get a hold of you and say, all right, I'm ready to make changes. Yeah, I was totally anticipating that he would take the weekend, think about it. Because uh, that was even mentioned earlier in our conversation was take the weekend. You know, think about, you know, what you want going forward from this relationship if you can commit if you can give the time um and then nothing for two weeks and then I just got tired of waiting wrote him a letter telling him how disappointed I was in the whole situation mailed him his house key and he called and said thanks so Steve you're saying you identify with the with the ex in the book now the ex said certain things in a certain manner which I might disagree with personally as far as like my Maybe not like uh, maybe the ex could have done something which would have been more reputable in my opinion. But would you have done something similar to him, or would you have gone another path hmm. as far as like handling his emotions? Like say, let's say you're in the same similar situation where you wanted to commit to a relationship but you could not commit to it, or let's say that uh, your girlfriend asked you to commit to it and you know said this is it. How would you handle that differently, or would you handle it the same? Hmm. That's a definitely a good question. So. Um, I recently broke up with my girlfriend. Um, and when, when we went through that, I was like, I'm, I'm fairly cold as a person. I'm, it's very hard to get energy off of me. I kind of take energy in and don't give it back out. And she was the exact opposite. She gives energy out like crazy and she's really receptive of energy. So when you have something cold, that's really nice for an empath like that, because then you're not overwhelmed with all everybody else's emotions all the time you can actually feel your own but at the same time when you feed off emotion and there's no emotion to feed on that can be really tiring in and of itself so I feel like I'm a lot like like your ex in that way in that I I would rather dive into work and and do stuff like that socializing is so draining for me um, now I think it's a little different because we live together so there's a lot more opportunity for you guys to see each other. I don't have kids. She didn't have kids. So mm. there wasn't that involved. Um, the closest we have to that is a cat. Um, <laughs> but I know in the past she had, we had broken up before. And one of the things that she had said was that um, I show more affection for the cat than I ever have for her. And I think that's really a valid claim that she made, like looking back on it. And it's, <laughs> it's I know it's awful. <laughs> Oh my God. It's awful. But, that is terrible. But it's it's brutally honest. And like it is. I, I don't I don't know what it what it is. It's not that I didn't love her. It's not that I don't love her. It's that I, I don't I don't know. There there was just something blocking me in that way. And I I spent a lot of time working. I have my full time job. I have several side projects, uh, one including this podcast right here. So it was really easy for me to dive into work and use that as an excuse to not have to socialize, to not have to, um, to, to spend time with anybody else other than myself, which is really when I regen and when I feel most comfortable. Um, so, I, I mean, there were a lot of similarities in that sense. I think there's also a lot of differences because I would, I, I feel like I did make attempts. Now she may disagree. Um, but I feel like I did try and go above and beyond in a lot of areas and try and um, and not do like what your ex did with the the whole gift giving thing where didn't Ugh, buy the didn't buy a good a gift disaster didn't buy a good gift and then in a, after it being pointed out 
he bought something way big and expensive and extravagant and then made her feel guilty for it by being mm-hmm. like, now this is big and expensive, so you better use it. Oh. Like, I wouldn't do something like that. That's just disgusting. That's like manipulation. And that's not right in from my perspective. So I saw a lot of the similarities. And then there were a lot of times when I was like, oh, phew, I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look confused. This whole gift giving thing is a little bit. Uh, is it, I'm trying to understand how that would work because the only thing I can think of is he would buy you a bigger gift to not make himself look cheap, maybe or like bad to save face. But then he would kind of like hound you about it to make you not complain about it in the future. Um, that's the only thing. Like, like that's no. kind of a weird uh, behavior. No, so the whole gift giving thing, you're talking about the birthday thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so jewelry, yeah. <laughs> I jokingly said to him, Oh, my birthday is in three weeks, you know. And we were just laughing about, you know, that whole thing. And I said, Oh, ooh, we should do three weeks to Anita's birthday, and you give me a different gift every day. <laughs> totally joking I was not serious at all well he took it to the next level and took it serious and started in with these birthday gifts of um ridiculous items like fuzzy socks um which I love so I wouldn't complain about the fuzzy socks because in the winter time what person does not love fuzzy socks Okay. <laughs> and then there were gloves that were like um had the logo for football team on them that I happen to like and I would never in a million years wear them just because that's not my style. I, you know, threw them in the trunk of my car and was like, "Oh, I'll use them to scrape the ice off my windshield in the winter time. At least they're getting some use." But then it was he bought me earrings that were the logo for a soccer team that I like. And I would never wear those either because that's just not part of my style. I when it comes to jewelry, I'm very minimalistic, I guess. Mm -hmm. I like dainty pieces, but nice pieces and, you know, long dangly um, sports emblems just are not on my list of things to wear. And then he says, well, you know, um, if you don't like them, that's fine. I can return them. And then I felt totally bad and was just like, no, 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 no. Don't return them. You know, something I'll get done with them. And then I start getting coffee beans, espresso cups. Just like single beans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I probably would have murdered somebody if it was single beans. No, it was like. One bean every day for three weeks. That's not a lot of coffee. Beans. By the end of the week, by the end of three weeks, you'll have one cup of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was like a whole bag of espresso beans, and I'm like, I don't have anything to use espresso beans with. Well, they just raw I beans, don't... not like chocolate covered or yeah, they like, were those just raw beans, like raw a bag of raw coffee. Espresso but no beans. way to make like coffee out of it. No, no way to make coffee out of it. And then I got espresso cups, and I'm like, what the hell am I gonna put in espresso cups? I don't have an espresso machine. <laughs> then he bought and you then, an espresso machine. And and then, it all made sense. Yeah. So I said to him, "You better not be buying me an espresso machine because it will be a waste of money." While I would love an espresso machine, I can tell you right now, an espresso machine will not get used because I don't drink espresso every day. And when I do drink espresso, it's only when I'm going through the drive-thru at Starbucks because I'm a little bit pretentious sometimes Mm -hmm. and snobby sometimes. So I like my Starbucks espresso, but... I like somebody else to make it. I don't want to make it. Because because if I make it, it's going to come out tasting like shit. Seriously. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't have time to do that in the morning. I mean, who has time to, well, maybe you guys do. I don't know. Grind coffee beans, pack it down into a thing, wait for it to brew like 15 cups so that you can have more than two sips. And then, you know, swirl some caramel in there and you're on the road. That's like an hour of time I don't have. Mm -hmm. So I told him, do not buy me an espresso machine, period. I would love it, and I would love you for thinking of it, but please don't. I got an espresso machine. He had already bought it. He had already bought it. 
there's no way he yeah. hadn't already bought it. <laughs> he had already bought the espresso machine. And these gifts all came like direct shipped from Amazon. It's not even like he went to the store and spent some time looking at things, touching them, putting some thought into it. He just went on Amazon, clicked a couple buttons and had it shipped to my house. You know. So to you, going to the store means a lot. As far um, as a gift goes. As far as gift giving, I like to think that somebody put some time and attention into it. Now, if you're going online and you're purchasing something that you know somebody is going to absolutely love and you're having it shipped to your house and you're wrapping it and giving it to them personally, okay, no problem with online shopping. Mm. But if you're just going online saying, oh, hey, that's kind of cool, click ship it to our house and let her open an Amazon box... I mean, that's a little, you know. Now, you know his processes better than I would. Um, I would imagine that you could put a lot of thought and energy into an online purchase by reading reviews and looking up something that you don't already know about. Mm -hmm. Like if I was going to buy an espresso machine, it would take me hours and hours to figure out which one I'm going to buy because it would need to be the right one that works in a specific way and has functions and it's good reviews, all of that stuff. I feel that I would spend longer buying online than I would in a store mm. because in a store I'd be like well I have two options which one do I want yeah and I have no doubt that he didn't put a lot of thought into the espresso machine because in the end the espresso machine was on his counter in his kitchen so that him and his daughter could learn to make me espresso because she had an interest in making espresso so I don't doubt that he put time into thinking about the espresso machine which i told him repeatedly not to buy because it would never get used and of course it hardly ever got used mm -hmm. yeah and making good espresso is a very technical kind of thing mm -hmm. and one technical thing that interests me is the process of book writing and some of the technicalities that go into say like so, so with the book mm -hmm. it's just straight up letters like unedited for the most part right but from a technical point of view, my my question is, how does the reader like know certain things that you know, but they don't know? Like, is there context that's filled in places or? Yeah, there's um, within the book, if you're reading, there's like um, a couple of preemptive paragraphs here and there. There's an introduction letter to the reader. Mm. And then there's little snippets in between the letters that kind of gives you some more background or some more. Like, this is what's coming up in the next letter. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I see. So, so even if the reader's not aware of the situation fully, mm -hmm. they can still, they're made aware of the situation, you know, throughout the book and giving context yeah. to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the thing that, that uh, I, I liked the most, uh, again, the, the journey. So it started out where it felt really, really bitter mm -hmm. the whole beginning of the book. <laughs> and as I was going through, I'm like, is she, is her heart going to change as she goes through? Is, is her, are her emotions going to change and shift? I felt a lot of that, that original emotion through the majority of the book. But as it was getting further and further away from the original break day, um, the, the start of the book, you did soften quite a bit into, well, here's what I could have done differently. I accept my failures in this but I still hold you to your failures. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was such a, a great direction for it to end up going um, all the way right until the end. And, and you end with a letter that you actually sent to your ex. Yep. And I think the final thing in the book is the response letter from him. Yes. Yep. And I you don't can't want to call that a letter. Are you kidding uh, me? That's like two lines. And I don't want to give that away. That's the spoiler that I'm not going to give <laughs> is that final letter uh, from him and the one from you that proceeds and, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, made that one happen in the first place. But I think that from the first letter to the end, it shows a real honest, like how you go through a breakup and one that means a lot to you and the things that you think and feel that you most people just feel guilty for and then push it out of their mind. But you took the time to write them down because they were important. They were on your mind and they weighed on you. Mm -hmm. And so this was, you said this was very cathartic for you. It was. It was very cathartic. It was a real release of raw emotions that, you know, in a traditional breakup, if there's any real sort of traditional breakup out there, you know, you have a chance to say these things to the person that you're, 
you know, you're leaving or the person that's leaving you in, in most cases. In this case, I didn't have any opportunity. The last actual thing we said face to face was get your shit together or we might not make it. I mean, that's not, you know, any sort of, you know, hey, oh my gosh, let's, you know, in a nutshell, wrap it up. Um, it was, it was heartbreaking for me all along to write the book because every time I would go back and reread to make a change, you know, to punctuation or to add a little bit more here for, you know, more clear elaboration, um, it's kind of reliving the experience all over again. So not only was it just like a raw cathartic release, but it was also a continual kind of heartbreaking to an extent to a point where I was almost numb to the whole thing, which I think helped in a weird way mm. um, get over the whole the whole breakup. And at the end of the book, when the book was published, I was, you know, happy and healthy in the relationship standpoint of being totally single <laughs> and, mm. you know, and ready to move on with my life. And, you know, I didn't have to take that two, three, four, five year break that some people like to take between relationships to get to find out who they are or what they want or what they don't want. I already had all that squared away through the process of writing the letters. Mm. And it's pretty evident you kept busy after writing this first book because you wrote a second book as well. I did. And what's the title of the second book? I think you have it here. I do have it here. The second book is titled Falling from Grace. And it is a not about my life <laughs> love story, fictional romance. And I think you said earlier it's a love triangle between. There is, <laughs> there's a love triangle between a lovely Southern Belle and a um, Brit and a Bostonian. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we got a whole spectrum. <laughs> but there's, yes, but there's a little bit of a cliffhanger because this book is only part one oh. of the story. And part two will be coming next year, um, hopefully by summertime. Outstanding. I'm definitely mm-hmm. excited for that. I'm going to have to pick up this one. So where can people pick up these books? Both books are available on Amazon.com for a paper copy or on Kindle as an ebook. And uh, should they just search your name, Anita Oswald? Uh, yeah, you can search my name or you can search by title. Mm-hmm. I like to think I'm you know, famous enough that if you put my name in, it's mm-hmm. just going to pop up on the screen with the two books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you might have to put the titles in. And of course, we'll uh, put a link in the description of this episode. So if you want to check it out. Now, Letters to My Ex is a, a surprisingly thin book for the amount of content that's in there. Yes. It's like 80 pages or so. Yeah. And, you know, I did that on purpose. I didn't want it to be too long that it became monotonous and boring and people were just like, oh, now she's whining. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it to be mm-hmm. too short that people didn't feel like they were getting a good sense of what was going on, the purpose of each letter and where things are kind of left now. Mm-hmm. And... Also for the pure fact that people like to read books when they're on the beach with their kids or on an airplane going on business. Mm -hmm. I want my books to be like that, you know, not just with this one, but going forward, something that you can read in a relatively short amount of time. You don't have to stuff a bookmark in it and pick it up a week from now. Yeah. If this letters to my ex could be read on a plane ride and you could Mm -hmm. finish the whole book, you could get Mm -hmm. the entire spectrum. Yeah. Um, And I, I definitely really like that. But I'm also really excited for a longer form book. It, it seems that uh, that Falling from Grace is quite a bit bigger. Yes. Um, and it's going to be in two parts, which is also really exciting. It is two parts. And Falling from Grace has a couple of, actually not just a couple, but a few bonus features or not. Is that like features? boner features? Yeah. <laughs> like really explicit. Hey, calm it down over there. Calm it down. <laughs> I'm just making guesses based off your first <laughs> No, not boner features. Oh, so Nothing that... like sexually explicit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so there's a love triangle and no boner features. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> there might be a boner feature in the actual like book, but the bonus <laughs> content is more um, 
you know, stuff that you're not going to get in this book or in Letters to My Ex. Mm-hmm. Maybe signs of a future project. Who knows? And where can we find you on social media? You can find me on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram and on Minds.com. I don't know if you're too familiar with minds. that. This is the first time I've heard someone in real life say Minds. Really? Yeah, because it's an internet thing that I see, but not yeah. like a like a real life thing people talk about. Yeah, I didn't know it was a real life thing. I didn't even know it was an internet thing until <laughs> like six months ago. A friend of mine is on it. And I don't know how he stumbled across it, but he said, you have to get on here because it's new, it's emerging, and, you know, it's totally, it's kind of like if Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram had a baby, mm-hmm. like a three-way, wow. got impregnated. <laughs> Which one would get pregnant, though? I'm going to say Instagram would get pregnant. Yeah, definitely. And, Instagram. Yeah. yeah, popped out a kid, and boom, named it Mines. Something like that. I don't know. Man, who thought today going into this interview, we'd be talking about a three-way that pops out a baby. <laughs> I, don't, I had no clue. That's for sure. So, um, so from your perspective now, mm-hmm. who broke up with who? I broke up with him, of course. Okay. Duh. Is that, is that, uh, is that your honest, honest thoughts on it at this point? Is that, what you want to believe no i think that's what i would like to believe however my true honest opinion on it i would say that it was a mutual decision between the two of us um we had both reached our you know end points i had been you know fed up for a long time with his lack of commitment with um all of the frustrations around everything to do with you know his kids the lack of commitment living together the lack of commitment on our future together the lack of commitment towards our relationship and I think he was frustrated over the same things just in a different you know his point of view as opposed to my point of view so Mm. I mean I think you know for the most part and just to to I guess you know put it down as we both kind of mutually broke each other up Mm. (laughs) No, I think that's definitely fair. I mean, relationships, you you both have to have to want it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like with a lot of relationships and a lot of people I've talked to about this topic, sometimes you one person will want to break up and the other will hold up their end. And and it somebody needs to always be holding on even when the other wants to give up um, in order for the relationship to continue on. And if you both give up, then you both give up, Um, Mm -hmm. even if. One of the people is giving up by not doing anything, which is not not particularly the best way to handle a relationship, to, to just say nothing. Right. Communication needs to be there, and that's definitely an area where, uh, where he seems to have been lacking at, at minimum. At minimum? At minimum. I'm going to say at maximum. He totally had no communication whatsoever. But, I mean, I think... You know, when I say that we both kind of mutually broke it off, I think it was on my part. um, You know, I think he just gave up Mm -hmm. and didn't know what else to do to continue to the relationship. I honestly think he didn't know what to do, period. I mean, he even asked me, you know, show me how, tell me what to do. And that's not something that, you know, I can do. I can't tell you how to make our relationship work. Mm. You know, you need to be able to make these changes. I can help you along the way. I can help you with ideas of how to take time off of work. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to do them, then, hey, you're well, getting up. Uh, now, I, I, I connect a lot with this character. The book is Letters to My Ex by Anita Oswald. Anita, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank um, you. And for, for sharing your story in such a such a bold way to be brutally honest yeah. How do you think he would react if, if he read it? <laughs> I have no idea. I think he's narcissistic enough to probably be like, yeah, my ex wrote a book about me. <laughs> to be flattered, Woo. to be like, man, I made her so bothered. Yeah, I upset her so much that she went out and told the world about it. Mm-hmm. 
But on the other hand, I know that he kind of values his privacy, which is one reason why there are no names Mm -hmm. in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he'd be, you know, very hurt and to use his words, disappointed that I, you know, did this. But at the end of the day, I don't really care what he thinks because this book was for me and anybody out there that can learn anything from it not really for him he have may not known what to do but our viewer what should they do well they should definitely buy this book and if they want to hear more of our show they should check out facebook.com slash we need to talk show or twitter.com slash wntt1 and what's that thing about patreon where people can donate to us yeah uh, people can donate to us on patreon no seriously give us money yeah <laughs> if, i mean if you want to give us money after you buy the book go ahead and do so uh, the links in the description as far as uh, letters to Max go, um, and uh, definitely uh, let us know. Hit us up on on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever, and let us know what you thought of the book. If you are more towards my side in that you you identify some in in uh, with the the X, or if you're more towards Anita's side and you think that I'm a complete sleazeball, which is probably true too. So now that the viewer knows what to do, what should we do? Nate, I think you know. We need to talk. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> you only.